0: Your source for community, Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. This is Muskoka Drawdown. Welcome to Muskoka Drawdown. My name is Frank Young. I'm here on behalf of Climate Action Muskoka. The massive population of humans combined with our rapacious consumption of natural resources is not sustainable. We are pushing species after species to extinction to the point where that now even the future of humanity is at risk. It is high time we stopped treating the earth as a candy store and a garbage dump and started seeing it as a special, unique precious place. My guest today is Julia Applin. Julia lives in Toronto and is a modern dancer and choreographer. She has recently completed her master's in environmental studies at York University. Welcome, Julia.
1: Hello, hello. I'm happy to be here.
0: (laughs) Julia, before we talk about your master's, let's uh, tell us a little bit about more about yourself.
1: Well, as you said, I'm a dancer and a choreographer, and I live in Toronto, Tecadonto. And um, I guess I, I'm a mother, and uh, I live next to a beautiful Norway maple. And um, most recently, I've been drawing into my drawing together my three main practices, and that's sort of what this thesis was about: like drawing in my practices as a dance artist and also my practices as a a healer a manual therapist and my my practice of canoe tripping and going out with trees and and spending time outdoors so I of drawing them all together in the last few years and uh, this master's uh, program was a way of of synthesizing it all in in a certain way
0: Oh, well, that sounds, that's fantastic. Um, I, I read your thesis and I think you're sort of basically suggesting that uh, people or humans need to develop a new relationship with, with nature and with trees in particular. Is that sort of accurate?
1: Yes, Yes, I I think we all, to put it in simplest terms, I think we all should be dancing with
0: trees. <laughs> oh, beautiful! I I must admit, I can confess, I have hugged many trees. Okay. I was I was arrested for uh, to, uh, hugging trees for saving the old growth in tomogamy, and I still hug trees upon. But I don't dance with them. So we're going to learn a lot today. But just <laughs> one more one more general question: Do you think humans are too anthropocentric? that we care too much about ourselves and not enough about nature?
1: Um, Well, I think that's kind of a a broad question to ask if humans are like that. I'd say some humans, yes. All humans, maybe not. There's lots of uh, Indigenous cultures and other cultures that try to live in reciprocal animated relationships. Um, But I'd say as a general observation, living in downtown Toronto, that's one of my things I'm interested in is is reanimating the world of trees for us and recreating relationships. In fact, I'm playing with the idea of of the new three R's, you know, there's reduce, reuse, recycle.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm sort of playing with it. Oh, what if the three R's were reanimate relationships and rejoice? Oh,
0: cool. (laughs) Um, Toronto, what I always hear is has a very strong, um, Forest, forest city or a tree program in the city. They plant trees for free and for people. And Toronto is pretty good. Is it not in the forest and in the, in the tree department?
1: Uh, well, we're, we're pretty good. I mean, we have a aging canopy here. So a lot of the trees are on their on the edge of their lifespan and so there's been a real resurgence of realizing that oh we really need to get planting so there is quite a few programs that are doing that now and we're also lucky in Toronto that we have those ravines which are the flood zones so they've been sort of left on their own to grow trees so we've been fortunate to have that
0: Right on. okay now you say you dance with trees now are you doing something completely bold and innovative or are you part of uh, some kind of a movement a global is are you the first person doing this or is there is there more to it
1: yeah I'm sure I'm not the first person doing it <laughs> and I know I'm not the only person doing it so there's there's a lot of people that are um, I guess the phrase is dance with plants. So there's, there's quite a few people globally that are, that are creating relationships with plants through movement. In fact, I know an artist in Hamilton who's uh, creating greenhouses, and there's a couple in Montreal that are dancing with plants. And um, yeah, I'm not the only one. And, uh, but I'm, I'm the, I'm very focused on trees in particular. Like I really love I kind of think of them as the whales of the plant world. Like they're just so big and, and they're, they're with us, you know, looking out the window.
0: Yeah. So it was, yeah. You're not just in your studio. You go actually into the forest and and close, close and face up. What do you call it? The close up and personal with trees.
1: Yeah. 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 I kind of, I, um, I, I actually really think that the relationships to trees need to be real like in real time and in real space with real trees so I mean we can think about it and talk about it until you know as long as we want but the actual practice of it is going to visit a tree and being with a tree and seeing what's going on with the tree
0: so are you talking do you uh, do it with individual trees or do you do it with the whole forest or how how specific do you get
1: yeah I kind of I kind of do both so um in uh what I was working with the last year in fact I'll tell you it was one of the things I was doing was visiting one specific tree in the oak savannah so I would go every week for at least an hour maybe two and just be with that one tree
0: slow That's very curious. slow down a little bit what is an oak savannah?
1: The oak savannah in high Park so there's a part of the high park in fact, a lot of Toronto used to be the savannah which is um. It's oak and it's a very, so indigenous people used to burn the land to regenerate the oak tree to create a place that has a lot of space for deer and berries and other things. So there's a, um, an area of High Park that is still a little bit like that. It has the ancient oak trees and it has the space behind it. So it's not one of those crowded kind of forests. It's more of a spacious kind of forest.
0: Right, great. great. Uh, okay, you also seem to have a deep respect for First Nations wisdom and traditions in your work.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, because they know. <laughs> There's, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to put this into words. Um, I am a mover, so my first way of understanding things is moving. So when I hear questions, I need to process them verbally and be able to
0: are you bring are, them are, out moving, again. are you moving at the moment while i'm asking <laughs> i am <laughs> <laughs> too bad it uh, wasn't TV.
1: <laughs> because we live on these lands they are indigenous lands and uh unceded territories and indigenous peoples have had a relationship these with these lands for a lot longer than my my ancestry has yeah. so i'm i'm curious into balancing what i feel and how i love this place and what is the reality of what's the history of of the indigenous relationships with this place and how how colonization has changed the landscape and eradicated so much of the forest and the trees and mm-hmm. just trying to understand what was before and what is now and how do we live together in this
0: time and place. Yeah. And uh, as well as First Nations informing you, you are also informed by science, I I I read. Um, tell us about Michael Reisel networks and fascial networks.
1: Oh yeah, that is so fun to think about. Uh, so if have you read Suzanne Samard's Finding the Mother Tree? Yes. Yeah. So she is a scientist who has done a lot of research into the mycorrhizal networks and tree communication and the way fungal networks connect tree to tree and they share resources through the fungal network. And it's it's like this matrix
0: of communication. Our, our, when you say fungal networks, are you talking about mushrooms?
1: Yeah, but not the mushrooms that come out of the ground, but the yeah. network that's underneath the right.
0: ground. The mushrooms are like the apple on it, on an apple tree. Though. Yes. Yeah, okay, I got it. Exactly.
1: And also to point out that Suzanne Samar mentioned she had an Indigenous student who said, oh, yeah, my ancestors knew about this a long time ago.
0: <laughs> so... <laughs> So trees communicate among each other, too, right, through these networks and warn each other about insects infestations. Is that true?
1: Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I like to uh, mention is, in Suzanne Simard's research, she talks about fir, and it's fir. It's an evergreen and birch. Right. And so during winter, the fir tree feeds the birch tree, so it sends it nutrients, because the birch tree can't photosynthesize. And then in the spring, when the birch tree is take, has like lots of energy coming in from the sun and photosynthesizing, it will send energy back to the fir tree. So there's this reciprocal relationship between species as well as among the species.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So now science has told us recently that which, uh, that trees in, communicate with each other, but do they communicate with mammals?
1: Oh, uh, that is something I haven't researched. Um, but if you sit in a forest and listen, it seems like, seems to me that they do.
0: So when you say you dance with trees, are, are the trees aware or is it just your awareness of the tree?
1: Well, you know, this is one of the, the funny things that I'm trying to puzzle through is because trees don't speak English. <laughs> and I don't, <laughs> I don't speak tree language yet. There's no specific way to prove that the trees have consented to my dancing or that they are dancing with me. It's, it's difficult to say exactly, but I do get a feeling if you sit long enough with the forest and a tree, you get a feeling that the trees and forest send you back. It's the same way if you sit long enough, the mosquitoes will find you. <laughs> they, the forest <laughs> just knows that you're there, like you're just part of the.
0: I think everyone knows what you're saying and they know it intuitively people have a generally you know pretty much everyone i'm sure even loggers love trees right they drop them down uh-huh. for a living but i'm sure we have a huge we have this innate notion i think about forests and trees otherwise you know we would have cut down every single tree in toronto and everywhere else long ago if we didn't love them um i'm afraid julie we have to take a quick break and i really want to okay. i want to come back and i want to dig down more into and, and ask you very complicated questions that i have no idea where we're going with <laughs> <laughs> so hold on I'll be right
1: back
0: okay by Muskoka for Muskoka your collection of Muskoka based talk shows Muskoka magazine the bay 887. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental and you're listening to Muskoka magazine hello everyone we're back um and uh, I'm with Julia Aplin and she has recently done her master's after a lot of research and she's a dancer in choreography and she dances with trees and Julia you also bring other people in, you teach others how to dance with trees. Is that not correct?
1: Yes. And in fact, I wouldn't say I teach them so much as I give them opportunities to dance with trees. Right.
0: (laughs) But so do you do it, do you just model it or do you just tell them to figure it out themselves or?
1: Yeah. So there's a couple of activities that I have that I do specifically. So for, I'll give you one example that I, one of the things I love to do that I share with people is to balance. Branches, so it's sort of an invitation to move in balance with nature, literally. So I'll take a branch and I'll balance it on my wrist or on my head, and you sort—it sort of changes the way you move to have to accommodate the weight of this piece of tree. And so, when I'm with groups, I'll share that practice. We'll just start balancing branches on different body parts and moving together and seeing what happens as we move in relationship to the branches and in relationship to each other
0: yeah you you also have studied this, the xylem and phloem of trees those are two words i think we probably learned them in grade five but we haven't thought about them since can you remind yeah. us what they are
1: yeah so the xylem and the phloem are the living tissue that lives right under the bark of the tree, so the xylem takes uh, nutrients in from the earth and the water, and takes them up to the leaves. And the phloem takes the energy that's created in the leaves and flows it down through fluid back down through the roots. So there's this it's kind of like a big donut of energy that's coming up and up and down through the tree.
0: And and when you know that scientifically, does that inform the movement you do? with the trees
1: yeah it's one of the investigations i was really interested in as part of the collection of video poems i was um i was i call it listening to a tree that i was with in gray county it was a pine tree specifically and i was interested in the phloem that was archived in the bark so the bark is actually phloem tissue that has that is no longer living and has expanded outwards. So you can see where the phloem went. So you can see, oh, the tree went to the little bit to the right that time, and then it curved to the left. So why it chose that, we don't know. But so you can see that arc of fluid in the actual bark. So I was interested in, in following that. So I would follow it with my hands and with my eyes and with my spine just to see what that felt like. And I was so curious about it that I took that investigation into a dance studio. And I started to find, like you mentioned, fascia earlier. So our bodies are built as matrices of fascia. So we're not built like bricks. We're built like tents. And the tent poles are constantly in motion and pushing outwards. So I was interested in finding flow in the same patterns of phloem and xylem. Sometimes I get them mixed up. I see <laughs> dialemans. <laughs> and just following or finding those patterns of flow through my own body in the way the tree had archived them in the bark.
0: Yeah, you, you sort of call that deep listening engagement in your thesis.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. The deep listening is a little bit different. Um, so I guess that would be deep listening. Maybe that's more deep investigating. The deep listening is something that I do when I'm with the actual tree. So when I'm in the forest or in the park and I'm with the tree and I go into that place of, um, well, do you want me to talk more about deep listening, or <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I think, think really so.
0: Much. I think so, Julia. I just uh, I think people want to really understand. Like, like as I said, we intuitively know and love trees, and we we hug them upon occasion. We sit under them. Mm-hmm. We, we think about them. But do we do we really uh, do we really try to do to take it to the next level? And that's what I'm interested in hearing from you.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So really, it's just another version of hiding them and loving them and thinking about them. (laughs) But it's a very focused and specific way that I practice to do it. So I will go to a tree and ask permission. I'll say, hey, tree, you want to hang out for a bit? And then of course, I don't know the answer, but I imagine I can feel an answer. (laughs) So sometimes I feel like the tree says, eh, not today. Like sometimes there's something like, obviously like it's covered there's too many mosquitoes that day so it's like okay yeah. that's
0: that's
1: a no yeah. i'll go somewhere else
0: so so, so when you're and not then, all you're not all com- uh, complex and spiritual about this you it's like sidling up to someone in a bar right you just chat with them
1: yeah you say hey what what's going on with you today but i specifically put myself in a place because we're all so busy you know there's stuff going on so like yeah. you gotta get groceries you gotta do this and that so yeah. i have these core exercises that I use to drop into time differently, because I believe trees are on a different time scale than we are. Mm. How, so long,
0: how, long, to, yeah. how long does it take you to sort of get into the, the mood or the zone where you think you're mm-hmm. feeling, where you're feeling a, a rapport with the tree? I mean, yeah. people talk with animals all the time. People talk with their yeah. pets endlessly, but not many, some people, as you said, talk to plants. But I haven't not, um, I don't know who talks to trees specifically.
1: Well, it takes different amounts of time depending on what kind of day I'm having. (laughs) Like some (laughs) days I just arrive and I'm like, ah, like I just am already there. And some days it's like I'm in a state of like busyness and thinkiness and I have to take a bit more time to allow myself to slow down and just be with the tree in the forest. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Um, just try to describe on, on radio what a dance with the tree looks like. Oh,
1: like a dance, like any dance. Like well, like how you, I would dance.
0: Okay, well then maybe do you dance differently with a different with different species of tree, like a difference between a gimbal uh, and, and a and a mulberry? Yeah,
1: that's such a good question. Um and Ah, oh, it's one of the things that I'm really interested in is the specificity of beings and place mm-hmm. and what comes out of that specificity. So, um, prescribing what dance is going to come out is you no. Know, not as interesting to me as discovering what dance is going to come out. So that's one of the things I did with my research is I created traces of the dances that came out. So we mentioned ginkgo and I had a, when I was working in the studio one day, there was a row of ginkgo trees outside the studio and I got totally into like listening to those trees and I'm like, and so then I started moving slowly in relationship to them. So I I got right up on the windowsill and started moving slowly with them and they were all like, shh, shh, like moving a lot and their leaves were blowing in the breeze and I started going in opposition to that just moving slowly and seeing if like they would even notice me with them yeah. or feeling as if they would notice me with them yeah. and because yeah. a lot of trees and ginkgo trees in Toronto's are rumored to be clones when I had created those traces I then got into my um when I got back to my work in my office with my computer i started editing the footage and created clones of myself with the ginkgo trees behind me so i created this video dance of cloned dancer with the cloned trees and the opposition of the ginkgo's all in the wind and the dancer moving slowly so that was something that came out of my work with those ginkgo trees in particular
0: You like uh, working with video. You produce video poems, you call them, is that correct?
1: Yeah, and that was part of um, a shift in my work during the pandemic when I couldn't do live performance. And I became curious about video and the potential of video to reach a different audience in a different way.
0: Yeah, you had some videos on YouTube. Just uh, All the people just have to search for um, Julia Atman and they pop up. Uh, they're great to watch. Um, how does all what you're doing? Okay, a new relationship with trees will help us with climate change. You, I know, are worried about the future and climate change as well. Um, in what ways do you hope your work will in, uh, encourage people and, as, a, as, as a, in general, to reevaluate the relationship with trees and with nature? Are you yeah, an acti- are you an activist, for instance? I or am, are you just was- an artist? <laughs> that's a terrible question.
1: I was just at the end of Fossil Fuels March yesterday.
0: Uh, <laughs> we have one in uh, Huntsville today. I'm gonna to be going over yeah. right after this.
1: You know, there's there's a couple of there's a couple of things that I would like my work to resonate with with other people and and one of them is to just notice trees. So right. many so Many, we have this habit or I've noticed this habit that people just walk by trees or you don't really look at them or notice them or see them as beings. And I think right. I would, would I'm curious to see what would change if we knew that trees were sentient beings. Right
0: um people uh-huh. have everyone's been watching what a while ago was watching that uh, my octopus teacher video uh-huh. it was it was because it was for the first time people were looking at a at an octopus as an equal as an intelligent being and now it's apparently some countries are even banning octopus farming because they're just too much like us uh, that would really help i think uh, if we were to do that as humans I mean it would impact our our normal people but also how do you think it would impact the forest industry if if they were starting to feel guilty about about mass murder of trees
1: yeah that is that is the question (laughs) how would that affect the industry like if people really did start to feel trees as other sentient beings what would that what would that change
0: well we have that with agricultural animals right there's some the people are very, mm. a very lot of people are critical about how we treat we domesticated animals but but we still tolerate it as a general society or government still tolerate it just like we tolerate the forest industry when we know you know clear cutting etc is, is massively destructive on the whole ecosystem of a forest it's, Anyway, it's it's hugely problematic question. I shouldn't load that on you, but we're almost out of time. Do you have a, just a few last comments or last or why don't you just promote your, your website if you want, if you're so inclined?
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I would just like to invite anyone who who likes trees to just talk about them more. Like I always ask people, do you have a story about a favorite tree? What's your, what's your tree story? And almost everyone has a tree that they love. Yeah. and just inviting those conversations about trees and that we know like you said most people already love trees so what what if we started talking about that and noticing them and appreciating them as
0: as beings as fellow beings on earth well you've given us a huge amount of food for thought and i and uh, i really appreciate uh, this uh, this this interview with you julia thank you so much for joining us today
1: Thanks, Frank. It's great to be here.
0: Okay, and um, we'll. Uh, uh, I want to be following. I I, I clicked on um, follow on your on YouTube, so I want to be and uh, I want to hear when you put on uh, new uh, new videos, so I can keep up to what you're what you're planning to do in the next few years.
1: Great, great. Yeah, stay in touch.
0: Okay, Julia. Bye bye for now. Bye.
1: I went to the country to escape the noise and lights, and I laid there in the pine cones all night. I woke in the morning, and all the trees were gone, I got this sinking feeling everything felt wrong. There were strip malls and dollar stores and diesel in the